0: Hello everyone. Welcome to All Things College and Career, the podcast to turn to for all of your college and career planning needs. We are your hosts, Meg Gary and Bobby Ryan, owners of Academic and Career Advising Services located in Kennebunk, Maine. We are starting this podcast to provide helpful information to listeners researching careers, colleges, or academic majors. Choosing a career or college is such a big decision, which is why our motto is learn before you leap. Before investing a lot of time or money, it's so important to do your research and to really explore your options. So if you are in the process of researching a potential career or academic major, we hope you'll check out this podcast first. Subscribe to our podcast and you'll have it ready to go on your playlist every Monday. Each podcast will offer interesting stories and valuable insights that we think you will find entertaining and informative, no matter what your college or career path may be. So, learn Learn before before you leap each week with us. I'm very excited about today's guest, Linda Sollers. She is one of Denver's most well-known job-seeking consultants. She is the president of her own company, Creating Purpose, which is a career coaching and consulting firm in Golden, Colorado, She is an affiliate professor at Regis University in Denver. She holds advanced certifications in organizational training and development strategic leadership and coaching, and she carries a Global Career Development Facilitator Instructor Certification. She is a recipient of the Rich Beller Award for Career Development Practitioners in Colorado. She is an instructor for the National Career Development Association. She offers a training course called Facilitating Career Development, which can lead to the credentialing to become a career service provider. She was selected to the National Leadership Academy for National Career Development Association. She sits on many boards. She does a lot of public speaking. She is a wealth of knowledge and experience when it comes to anything to do with careers. In today's podcast, Linda shares how she built her successful career consulting practice. She also talks about how she changed careers at age 57 and got her master's degree at age 60 so she's a huge inspiration to any people thinking of a career change later in life. She also offers so many great tips in this podcast. She offers resume tips, networking tips, how to negotiate a raise or a salary, tips on how to successfully change careers, tips on how to get started as a career coach, if that's something you're interested in. And she also talks about her strategies for conducting workshops. So enough of my introduction, let's get started with my conversation with Linda. Hello, Linda. Welcome to All Things College and Career. Thank you so much. Thank you Uh, very
1: much for asking me to be involved in this.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. And just for all the listeners who don't know you, can you please introduce yourself? Who are you and what do you do?
1: Sure. So my name is Linda Sollers. Mm -hmm. And I own a business called Creating Purpose out of Golden, Colorado. It is a career consulting business. However, I also teach career classes to those people who want to be certified. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a professor part-time at a university here teaching psychology and career development.
0: Well, that's quite an assortment of things that you do there. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in the career consulting and career training in public speaking business?
1: Sure. <laughs> have a portfolio career, it's called.
0: A portfolio so, career. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I am 71 years old.
0: I always like to
1: tell people that right up front so they understand kind of when I start talking about my long and varied background.
0: I love that, that you come right out with that and that you're just so, you know, active at this point in your life, like just things are getting crazier instead of slowing down, it sounds like.
1: In some ways, absolutely it is, and my choice. I worked for about 30 years in marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. I produced television commercials and managed brand for Fortune 500 companies. And very suddenly, the company that I was working for was purchased, and the new company determined that all the marketing and advertising should move to Florida. So our entire department was laid off. It was not something I was expecting. I was 57 years old. I figured I had five more years to retire Mm -hmm. and had a plan for that to happen. So Mm -hmm. I had to decide what I wanted to do next. Mm -hmm. And I could not go back into marketing and advertising, partly because of my age, partly because of the amount of money that I was making. But it wasn't something, no matter how many uh, applications I filled out, I wasn't a good fit for anyone, so I had to make a decision on where I wanted to go next and transition.
0: Wow. So you were totally blindsided near the end of your career and just ventured off into an entirely new career at 57 years old.
1: I went back to school. I didn't graduate from college until I was 52 and I went back to school at 57 to get my masters mm-hmm. and I finished that in, uh, when I was 59, almost 60. Mm-hmm. And it was right at the downturn of the economy in 2008. So mm-hmm. not only was it challenging to find a job, but it was challenging to find a job in a whole different career. Wow. So, one of the things that I did was put together my resume, and I went down to the local grocery store, mm-hmm. which was close to our local workforce center, because I thought I might want to work at the workforce center. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. I would never worked for government. So, I wanted to find out what it was like, what was the culture like. So I went down to the local grocery store about a block and a half from the workforce center and literally had my resume and asked individuals in line whether they knew anybody that worked at Jefferson County. Several people said, yes, they did. They took my resume and I said to them, could you ask them to give me a call? Because I'm trying to find out whether there's a culture fit, whether it's something that I can do and would like to do.
0: Wow. Wow. That takes yeah. some gumption. I love that.
1: But I couldn't figure out how else to be able to get my information out there. I had applied to a number of jobs. I had talked to a number of people. I'd done informational interviews, and I was getting no traction, partly due to the economy and partly due to the fact that I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. Uh, I graduated with my master's in adult development, right. but I wasn't sure what that was going to provide in terms of a, of a job. So I just Um, felt like Jefferson County might have some good opportunities really close to my house. And I just thought I might want to try government. So but applying to government, as most people know, is is really a long, laborious process. So Mm -hmm. I really wanted to find out if it was going to be a good fit first. Oh, so anyway, funny. someone called me from uh, – he was a sheriff and his wife had taken brought this home. He might have thought I was stalking her. I'm not sure, but <laughs> – He called me and asked me how he could help. I told him what I was looking for. He said, I don't know anyone in workforce because I thought I wanted to do either human services or workforce. But he said he knew someone in human services and to use his name. And I called the person in human services, talked to them a bit about their culture and what they had opening. Wasn't really what I was looking for, but they told me they knew someone in workforce and actually workforce was posting a couple of jobs this week that week so I called the person in workforce they knew they set me up with an interview I went in to talk to someone uh, the next week they hadn't even posted it yet and uh, I was hired to work in the uh, training and development they had a training and development area to work in and then the director of training and development was leaving. So I applied again for that position two months later and became the director of training and development, which was wonderful because I'd done training and development before. I had not done career development, however.
0: Right. So that, oh my gosh, that's such a great story. And what an inspiring story to people that are out there trying to find a job. Those are some of the things you could do to just, I mean, you have to take action.
1: You do. You have to, I don't think sending in resume after resume as a resume helps, particularly when you're at a certain age and you're trying to change careers. It's really important to find out if you know someone somewhere. When I was laid off, I started my business, Creating Purpose because a number of other people were laid off at the same time, and I was asked to start a business so I could help uh, people with resumes and networking. Mm. So I had this business, and even though I worked at the Jefferson County Workforce for about two years and loved it and set up a number of trainings and really learned a tremendous amount, obtained my certification, attained my instructor certifications for uh, training in career development, And then my business started to grow.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I had been asked to do some workshops on television, beating the recession, and find me a job with a couple of other people. And because the government doesn't like you to use their reference as working because too many people will come there, they asked me to use my business name. So it began to grow rather quickly. And I made a decision to leave in 2010 uh, and just do my business and teach a little bit and that's what I've done ever since. Wow, okay. It's been very successful.
0: Wow, that's a great story. I love how you get started, how you completely change careers, how you landed the job, the whole thing. It's That's amazing. Tell us a little bit about facilitating career development training. What is it? Who needs it? How did you get started? What are the advantages, drawbacks, those kinds of things?
1: Sure. So... This is a training that's been developed by National Career Development Association, which is the largest association for career development. And it was developed in the late 90s. And it was called a CDF, a career development facilitator training. Mm -hmm. And then in 2017, NCDA decided to make it into a credential rather than just a certificate. So they changed the name from CDF to FCD. Mm -hmm. The training is the same. It covers 12 competencies of career development. It covers everything from helping skills to assessments to career theory to ethics, and then goes into groups and talks about multiculturalism, technology, how to put together programs. When you take this training, you then are qualified to apply for National Career Development Association's credentials, Mm -hmm. depending upon if you have a degree in Counseling, you can apply for their what's called their CCC credential. If you don't have it in counseling but you have a degree in something else like I do, then you can apply for the CCSP credential, both credentials in career development. You right. also can apply for the GCDF, which is called Global Career Development Facilitator, lots of acronyms, right. um, a training, which is done by another organization, has been around for about 30 years. Uh, it is an international credential, and you have to have certain amount of education and a certain amount of experience hours in career development to apply. So, if you have a graduate degree, you need to have 1400 hours of career development experience to apply. If you have an undergraduate, you have 2800 hours, etc. So, that particular one, you have to have both experience and education. The NCDA one, you have to have a degree and this, and this training. And, mm-hmm. but not an education component or not a experience component.
0: Wow. And just for the record, you have the GCDF, right?
1: Right. I do have the GCDF and I also have the GCDF global career development facilitator instructor training. So I. Instruct this course online mm-hmm. for people who either want to go into career development, are already in career development in colleges, universities, high schools, etc., or own their own businesses, uh, or in the government. Any other areas of career development uh, are welcome to join this class. It's 11 weeks. Uh, it's once a week. I set up a once a week conference call. There mm-hmm. is a manual. There are uh, several assignments that I set up so that When people complete this, they are as much subject matter experts as possible.
0: That's fantastic. So moving on, tell us a little bit about your career consulting, career coaching business. Like what attracted you to this profession and how would you recommend listeners that are interested in becoming a career consultant to get started and what kind of training or education do you need and what are your favorite aspects of it and drawbacks, things like that.
1: I have a lot of people that come to me and ask about becoming a career coach. Mm -hmm. Many of them are currently counselors. They are therapeutic counselors, and now they want to go into career coaching. Mm -hmm. I look at therapy as a really important piece. Therapy is about what has already happened and how you're going to learn to deal with it and manage it. That's Mm -hmm. what the idea of therapy is. Career development is who you are today and where you want to go tomorrow, and not working on on what happened yesterday. It's very much about here is where you are now and what do you want to establish in terms of a career. Now, people who have been in counseling and want to come to career counseling or want to come to career development they and become a, a career consultant, they can take this course, which is the mm-hmm. one course that is offered as a credential, and um, become trained in this. It's really the only training that is out there for that mm-hmm. type of thing. Then if you haven't um, been into therapeutic counseling, but you think you might like to go into this, maybe you've been in HR or you just have helped um, several people's children when they wanted to look at a career, who knows, but you really think this might be a career for you, I think it's really important to contact as many people as you can who are already in career development. So that means looking online, that's what I did, went and looked online and found 50 people around the country who offered a half-an-hour free session, and I wrote to them, told them I wanted to become a career counselor, and I had four or five questions to ask them, and could I have a half-an-hour session? And I had about 45 of them respond. Mm-hmm. I think I talked to about 40. Uh-huh. I, asked, I had questions absolutely set out because you want to know, how much should I charge? How mm-hmm. do you get clients? Mm-hmm. What kind of clientele do you work with? What are some of the drawbacks and challenges? I had several questions that I wanted to ask, and it was very helpful to me because they provided me all kinds of basic information. And then, of course, I also took the Career Development Facilitator course, Mm -hmm. which made a lot of difference in that. I was attracted to this profession because because of the position that I obtained at Jefferson County. I knew nothing about career development before that, absolutely nothing, Mm -hmm. but I really became fascinated with how people transition from one job to another, the kinds of barriers that people overcome, Mm. the whole multicultural piece that's so fascinating, the assessments. I just became fascinated with the whole piece of it. And it really is my passion. But Mm. if you had told me when I was doing marketing and advertising, I would never have believed that.
0: Um, Wow. Yeah, that's such a great way to uh, research a profession and not at only career coaching or counseling, but any area. That's such a smart way to go about it.
1: I did some internship, quote unquote. I actually uh, talked to several people here in town that were career development people. Uh, I went to one of their, they have a coffee once a week, kind of a job career helping uh, Mm -hmm. session that they have at a coffee shop. I went to their session, listened to the questions that people asked. I went several times and was able to answer some questions for people, Mm -hmm. which was very helpful. The biggest thing I find with people when they come into this is they finish the training and they say, "Now, now what, how do I get my name out? How do I, where do I start? I don't know what, the process is, and everybody has to decide what part of this they want to focus on. Some people want to focus on those in high school, going into college, some in college um, or in training programs that they might want to do. Other people want to focus on um, midlife. They may want Mm -hmm. to focus on millennials. They may want to focus on people who have retired. So it isn't that you only do that, but that's kind of the area that you want to look at. I do two free sessions every quarter, one of them with a job search group who meets once a month, who are people that are out of work and are looking for work. So I do a two-hour workshop with them. I do one every quarter with them. Where do you do that? If you're not familiar with Mm -hmm. meetup.com, it is a... You can go into Meetup and you can put your zip code in there and it will tell you probably 1,100 different Meetups that are around you. They're for everything from dog walking to food to theater to wine. And then there are also job groups that are looking, people who are looking for jobs. Some people are in a job and they want to transition. Some people are looking for jobs and that's how I got associated with that because this particular group has a meetup group and I, and when I was first trying to get into the industry, I contacted a number of these job development groups and said, do you want me to come and do a free workshop? You know, you mm-hmm. meet once a month, I'll come and do free for you, whatever topic you'd like it to do on resumes, whatever. Every one of them answered yes. Yeah. So I went and did those. Then I was referred to this particular group, which is um, called the Boulder Networking Group. And then it's a group of people who are looking for jobs, and they and so every uh, quarter I go and do a workshop for free for them, some different topic that they may um, say we really like to know something about networking, or we'd like to know something about resumes, or how to define your strengths a number of different things. Right. One of, one of the things I did was develop three or four workshops in the beginning of, I used my training, uh, my training from the FCD into how to put together some workshops and I put together I think four of them and that was the first thing I went out um, to propose to people. Oh, that's so great. I was just going to say I also went and talked to, offered workshops to uh, workforce centers Mm -hmm. I offer workshops to Goodwill, who also does career development. Any place I could find that has career development, I did this with a couple of people who – groups who are working with people coming from public assistance to self-sufficiency on how to put together a a resume and how to do an interview. So I always – believe in giving back. So I'm always doing two free workshops somewhere every quarter.
0: I love Um, that. Yeah, what a great service. And just to follow up on that, what are your top networking tips, would you say?
1: My top networking tips? Uh, I think it's really important to have a LinkedIn profile Mm -hmm. and it's important to be able to just describe uh, generally what you do and have a LinkedIn profile that you can connect with other people because I don't really call it networking so much as I call it connecting because Mm -hmm. I think networking is intimidating. But connecting with other people means who do you, if you find an organization that you're interested in, who do you know that knows someone that works at that organization? And how could you contact them to be able to uh, talk uh, about yourself and find out what you want to do. Prior mm-hmm. to doing that, however, I also always have every client put together what I call a job framework. Mm-hmm. So I have them find at least 10 different jobs that are interesting to them. Anywhere in the country, they can go on LinkedIn, they can go on Indeed. I have those. I ask people to go and read the job descriptions on every single one of these 10 or 15 jobs and look at the bullet points and which ones they're interested in and which ones they're not interested in. So back to the job framework. I have people look at 10 to 15 jobs. I have them read the bullet points and pick out the bullet points on there that they have done in the past and would like to continue doing or haven't done but would like to do. Cut and paste those to another Word document. They should have about two pages of Mm -hmm. cut and paste. Then they narrow those down to 18 bullet points. They might put them together into one bullet point or eliminate one for another one, but you need no more than 18 bullet points on one piece of paper, Mm -hmm. one document that has your name, your email, and your telephone number, and then these 18 bullet points. And that's your job framework. Mm -hmm. So when you go in and you set up a meeting with someone to talk to them and they say to you, well, how can I help you? You can turn the sheet around and say, here's basically what I'm looking for. This is not everything, but it's a framework, and it's written in JobSpeak because you pulled it off of job descriptions. Everybody knows that, and what you ask them is, well, I have two questions. Can you tell me what you would call this job in your organization? And who would I talk to about this? So people can define, they'll say, Oh, I can tell you exactly what this job is called. And yes, I do know a couple of people you can talk to. People want to help you, but you need to be able to talk about that. And it's one of the hardest things to talk about what you're looking for.
0: That's so genius. And what a great tip to pass on to people. And you also mentioned you do a lot of workshops on networking, but also resumes. Do you just have a couple of top resume tips, not to get too sidetracked, but just? for people out there composing one?
1: Always use the same font for all your resumes. Do not put any pictures or any of that kind of thing on your resume unless you're applying for um, someone who's a nail tech or doing your hair or something. Maybe you're an artist. That would be the only reason you would do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remember that a resume is an introduction. It is not anything in detail and should not be and also that resumes are about work, not paid work. So if you've been home, and you've been taking care of your elderly parents, taking care of your children, unless you've been sitting in your bedroom in pajamas, you have been doing something. <laughs> right. So whatever you've been doing, if it's such and such public school and you have been doing something with a PTA, do not put the word volunteer on there ever mm-hmm. and just write that as a job. It is a job. It isn't, doesn't have to be a paid job. Also, right. you don't have to put the dates you graduated from college unless it has been in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And you never put your rec- your references on your resume always on a separate piece of paper.
0: Okay, that's great. Great tips. Appreciate that. Tell us about your public speaking engagements. From looking at your website, I see that you do career talks, but are there other sorts of speaking engagements or presentations that you do?
1: I will tell you that if you want to become involved in career development, if your state has a local career development association. So Maine Career Development Association, Michigan Career Development Association, look those up and join them. They're very inexpensive to join and Mm -hmm. they have usually a conference once a year and meetings once a month and they're great connections for you, Mm -hmm. for all of the other people in there. Also, you can do workshops at their conventions. You can apply, that's the first place I started doing them was at the local convention, uh, convention that we had, state convention that we had. I offered to do a couple of workshops in there, and uh, that was the first place that I did them. I have been asked to do workshops for the American Indian Association. I have uh, the American Lawyers Association. I've been asked to do workshops for a number of different people where it comes to stress and career, mm-hmm. where um, I I do um, workshops when it comes to how to develop your own personal statement. What are what are your strengths? I do a lot of strengths workshops uh, with different organizations, and where and the type of workshop that I do typically is about two hours, because mm-hmm. I like to have interactivity that people can actually have. Um, I like people to walk away with something that they can use. And take with them. Uh, I do. I do workshops at workforce centers, as I said. I do them at a, a number of nonprofit associations. Uh, I've done them for the human resource groups. A whole group of presentations depending I've done them for a lot of colleges and universities for mm-hmm. their alumni centers. I've gone to the alumni centers and said, Would you like me to do workshop for those people who have graduated and may now come back and want to know how to put together a resume or they're still, you know, working on how they how they can do those kinds of things. Right. Um, I've done them for Vista volunteers. I've done them for <laughs> done yeah. just a lot of different ones just depending. Yes.
0: Right, just endless. Wow, that's interesting. Do you do you enjoy doing the public speaking? And
1: I really like it. I, there are some people who do career development. Uh, people that I know that don't like to do it, but mm-hmm. I love to speak. Uh, I I love public speaking, and I always have. And I find that it is a little nervous, but it is so much fun. I love connecting with a lot of other people. I love the ideas that I always gain from mm-hmm. workshops. Uh, I did a one recently on compassion fatigue for people who are working with people uh, who are children who have been abused and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I do workshops on that kind of thing that don't necessarily have totally to do with career development. But if this is your career, how do you manage that, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love the breadth of what I can do. I, can, mm-hmm. I do them for state and county and local organizations. I do them for uh, women. I do a workshop for uh, how to negotiate a raise or how to negotiate a salary, particularly for women because it's a tougher one for them. But certainly men can come to those workshops as well i do workshops on generations in the workplace for a lot of, of state and federal organizations that have a lot of different generations uh, mm-hmm. in their workspace uh, so, so it's how- just an endless thing the one thing you have to know about career development it is it never goes away so if you have a very big downturn in the economy you are very busy. If you have a very big upturn in the economy, you are very busy. It, it doesn't change.
0: Wow. So what would be your top couple of tips for a woman negotiating a raise? Do you have anything you could share? Um,
1: in terms of negotiating a raise, um, I, think there's, I think there's a couple of, thinking of a couple of tips that I would wanna say. One of the things that you wanna do is you want to do research on what the salary should be for mm-hmm. that particular position. In your particular location, salary.com is the one location that you can use nationwide that is based upon the reports that companies give at the end of the year and not self-report from employees. So Mm -hmm. when you put your career title in there and then you put the city that you're looking at, it will show you a bell curve of what the pay should be from people who don't have much experience to people who have a lot of experience. And that's your first thing that you should understand. Women have a tendency to start at the lowest point, Mm. so always start at the midpoint plus 10%. Even if you haven't had a whole lot of experience, the midpoint plus 10% gives you negotiating room because Mm. that is not something that we're really taught to do, nor are we comfortable It's much more to be collaborative than a negotiation seems to feel like an argument, which it does not have to be at all. Mm. Uh, but it is very much, and also to develop a list of things that you take into the negotiation on things that you have done at another organization, or if you're looking for a raise within this one, what are some of the things that you have done within this organization? Very specific things. They don't have to be numbers and dollars, but very specific things that you have done and that you want to continue doing.
0: Like so, not just like generic, I'm a team builder or a team leader, but no, I Yeah, I've been a
1: mentor for another people. No, that's not going to help. I have. One of the things that I have done is put together some workshops and worked with an outside vendor to put some workshops together that we have done for people recently coming into employment. Or I have worked with IT to put together one of these things that we were trying to do for our marketing department, some very specific things that you've done. Mm-hmm. And when someone says to you, well, I don't know um, whether we feel like we can pay that particular amount, um, you ask them for a range. What range do you feel is acceptable for this particular job? Mm-hmm. What is your range that you have? And if you're looking for a promotion, what's the next step in the range? What needs to be done? What are you looking for in order to do this? And Oftentimes, you already have that. You can already answer that back to them. If you start out with a very collaborative and conciliatory tone and you're willing to accept whatever comes out there, you're never going to be able to negotiate what you're really worth. The hardest thing for women, I find, is defining themselves and what they're worth in terms of dollars. Mm
0: -hmm. That's awesome advice. I love that. Yes. So what advice would you give to someone that doesn't know what they want to do for a job or career? How can they figure that out?
1: Oh gosh, that's almost everybody. My business is all based on uh, people who are transitioning from someplace mm-hmm. to someplace else, mm-hmm. maybe out of college or maybe out of a career or retiring or whatever it is. I have more attorneys than I have anyone else for some reason, but mm-hmm. people who want to transition. Most of the time, they know what they don't want to do or they've tried something out that they really don't want to do, but they have no idea what they do want to do. So my first suggestion to them is to do strengths assessment, understanding what your strengths are. Take strength finders. Um There's a free assessment called a V is in or IA character, all one word, viacharacter.org. You can go in and take the assessment. It's through the University of Pennsylvania Positive Psychology and it gives you internal strengths and StrengthFinder gives you external strengths and then you can look at those strengths. You can even search for jobs under those strengths. That's the first thing. The second thing is to understand what your motivation is, what gets you up in the morning and really be honest and aware of that. The third thing is to understand what your skill set is and what that kind of looks like. Yes, we all have resumes, but how do you really understand what skill sets you have? Also, look at organizations that interest you mm-hmm. and what kind of things you feel is your purpose. What, what do you really want to do in doing that? Laying those things out there gives you a way to traverse and start really finding organizations that actually interest you that match your strengths and match your skill sets. If you don't know what you want to do, you can also take an assessment. There is one called CDM that I have some people take that helps them define skill sets. And again, the strengths assessment helps them define their strengths, so they can begin to uh, understand where they come from, it's um, and where they want to go. It's not what we're always taught is it's about here's a job, how do I fit into it? And I strongly believe let's find out who you are and find jobs that fit you. So Mm. first, it's understanding who you are, and then you can find the job that
0: fits you. Right. Now, when you talk about redefining skill set, what did you mean by that?
1: In redefining, uh, when I'm looking at defining a skill set, we all have them in our resume. Skills are whatever you have learned to do in your resume. But let's say you are an attorney. And -hmm. if you have a resume that lists three firms that you've worked for and you don't want to be an attorney any longer, that's not going to help you. Mm -hmm. So, you may need to do what's called a chronofunctional resume, and you have a resume that says, here's the things I know how to do. I know how to negotiate. I know I have great communication skills. I'm, I'm very good at research. You have all these different categories that you have that help you define what you've done. And underneath each one of those categories, you would put the bullet points that you normally would have on a traditional chronological resume, but you would put them under each one of these categories. That way, you're able to then look and see how you might transition into another job. Um, attorneys are very good program managers. They're very good strategic managers. It really depends upon whether they. I've had them move into marketing very successfully. But you have to be able to define what you know how to do as opposed to where you've worked.
0: Right. That makes sense. And um, only include things that are relevant to where you want to go and not where you've been. Is that?
1: Unless it's something you want to do again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you wouldn't include that. Uh, you could include that you had worked in a, a law firm. That's going to be listed on the second page of this resume that I talked about, where you worked. But the first page of it, you wouldn't say something like "I have been court cases." You wouldn't have that as a title because you don't want to do that any longer.
0: That's so not where you yeah trying to right, attract
1: exactly. And when you go in and find jobs that you really like. Uh, when I told you to put a job framework together, you're going to come up with some headings that then you can use in your resume.
0: Exactly. So maybe we've already addressed this, but just in case we haven't, um, what advice would you give someone that hates their job or wants to switch careers? What is the best way to go about transitioning?
1: I don't ever tell someone to quit their job, uh, but I tell them to start working on where they want to go next so that they don't spend time thinking about how much they hate their job and spend time thinking this is a short-term job now and I'm looking for something else. So I have people all the time that say, I can't go to work tomorrow. And I'll say, you know, you're going to be in a much more challenging situation if you quit today. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend people don't quit their job. But I recommend that they start looking at their strengths, start defining 10 organizations they're interested in, start putting together a job framework of actually what their job is, meeting with some people and putting together a resume.
0: Okay, those are great tips there. So just switching gears a little, what's a typical day like for you? You wear so many different hats. Like, do you have a typical day or...?
1: I really, I really don't. I I schedule my days around what I want to do, though, and that's the nice thing about this is that um, on Mondays, I typically have people that I meet with that are taking the class because the class I offer is all online. Mm -hmm. So I will have individuals and not cohorts. I'll have individuals that want to do the class individually. Mm -hmm. And this is also a day when I possibly will get caught up on all the things that will happen on the weekend. So there's some paperwork that I do in the afternoon. On Tuesdays, I set aside Tuesdays for meeting people in person. I do not have an office. I used to have an office, but I went to a couple of buildings close to me that had conference rooms and asked them if I could just contact them and book their conference room when I needed that. Mm -hmm. And they said they would do it. They charged me $11 an hour and that's the way that I do it. But Tuesdays are set up for people to meet in person Mm -hmm. Um, Wednesdays are set up for cohorts and uh, I also, it depends on what days I'm going to teach classes, you know, usually Wednesdays or Thursdays I'll teach classes. Uh, I don't schedule anything on Friday afternoons. I do not meet with anyone on the weekends and uh, that's how I kind of schedule my day. So, it has to do with um, groups of people taking the classes, individuals taking the classes, meeting with people in person for my own business or teaching at Regis.
0: Fascinating. So could you touch on what the possible advantages and disadvantages are of your chosen career?
1: <laughs> uh, I think the advantages are setting my own timeline. I think my other advantages, um, let me think, I think my advantages are meeting all of the different people that I meet, keeping myself abreast of the new things that are happening. So right now, I'm very involved in doing research on Generation Z, which has just started college a little bit last year, but big ones this year, and they are completely completely different than millennials, completely. Really?
0: How so?
1: Oh, they're different in every possible way you can imagine. Very, very focused on what they want to do. They don't want to go to school for four years. They don't care if they live on campus. Um, they don't want to have, big student loans, Uh, Mm -hmm. they and their parents come into the college career center saying, tell me I want to major in psychology. Give me three jobs I can do now. I want to have an internship beginning my freshman year. Um, They are turning career centers on their heads because they expect the career center to get them going in a job right away. Uh, They really would prefer to uh, have everything very organized. But you have to remember that Generation Z was raised by Generation X. And that generation is very much they were raised in the eighties and nineties, they were the first latchkey kids, they they had to grow up quick in a lot of times, the first time parents were divorced, all of that. So they became very focused group as a group on getting things done, making sure you have it, putting a timeline together, expecting what you need to do. And that's how they've raised their children. And their children have that same thing where the millennials were raised by boomers who Mm -hmm. very much have a go to school and really enjoy yourself. You don't really have to decide what you need to do until you're 30. It's okay if you come back here and live for a little bit. I mean, it's okay because we really want you to enjoy the experience. Uh, Mm -hmm. And neither one of them are wrong, but it's a very different way. So Career Center's... And I, I'm doing training with a number of career centers now because they are really being pushed to change their entire model for the Generation Z. They don't like Facebook, obviously. Um, they're <laughs> even falling out of Twitter and those kinds of things. They are very face-to-face people. Mm. They don't, they are not so much on the phone. They want to meet you face to face. They are very focused on staying in their lane and getting something done where millennials very much are communal. Mm. It's just a, 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 they are totally completely different. So that's my latest thing, but that's what I like. That's the advantages of I'm always doing research on something new and people coming to talk to me and uh, clients that I have that are going into college and or starting or end college now. Just it's very different. Um, the drawbacks, I don't know if I have any drawbacks. I think uh, managing my time, making sure I don't overdo my th- things. I, right now I'm not teaching a class this spring because I've had so many people contact me wanting to take this course that I want to finish up with them and do what I need to do with them. So I'm always balancing that kind of thing. But. I, I I haven't found drawbacks.
0: That's fantastic. Just to go back to the uh, generational interest, understanding the different generations, millennials and Generation Z, does that help you to be a better career provider, just understanding where they're coming from?
1: I think all of them. I mean, understanding I'm a boomer, but I'm an old boomer. I'm not a young boomer. They're very Mm -hmm. different, Two different. um, I understand them. The Gen X, that's what age my children are. So mm-hmm. I definitely understand, at least I know them, um, they are very, very different from boomers, very. Um, and then understanding millennials, uh, who they, now the oldest ones are 35, 36, starting to take over in uh, senior level positions, actually.
0: Right, that's so yeah. interesting. Well, they are
1: changing business quantifiably
0: Hmm. it must really pay off to understand all the different generations if you're a business owner of some sort or if you're people yeah that's so interesting so anyway moving on here so what is your general philosophy of you know as far as career development and career coaching
1: I believe that every one of us carries the seeds of greatness the magic of creativity, the depth of courage, and the power of authenticity. I think mm-hmm. our purpose is to nu- nurture all of these unique strengths because life is about growing inside out and then climbing into our own success.
0: Oh, I love that. That seems like a perfect place to end. And I so appreciate you coming on the podcast today and sharing all your amazing experience and wisdom and I'm sure a lot of people that are changing careers or interested in career coaching are going to find this super valuable.
1: Well, I very much thank you because I think this whole idea of your podcast is extremely unique. This is something I wish I could direct to my clients because
0: there isn't one that wouldn't benefit from this.
1: It's a phenomenal idea.
0: Oh, thank you so much and have a great day. I so enjoyed that conversation with Linda Sollers, and I hope you did as well. If you are interested in taking her course, Facilitating Career Development through the National Career Development Association, please head over to her website, Creating Purpose to Learn More, or you can check out the National Career Development Association website as well. And also if you are looking for a career coach or a career consultant or someone to do a workshop or a public speaking engagement in the colorado area please again head over to her website creating purpose also you can find linda on linkedin and i will include both of those links in the show notes And as a final note, anyone interested in learning more about our business, academic and career advising services, we invite you to visit our website and we will include that link in the show notes. We assist people with changing careers, possibly finding that first job out of college, the college admissions process, selecting an academic major, deciding on a career or things of that nature. You can check it all out on our website, Academic and Career Advising Services. We are located in Kennebunk, Maine. However, for your convenience, we also offer video conferencing services. You're never too old to change your career or to go back to college, and you're never too young to begin thinking about your future. We enjoy serving people of all ages. If you enjoyed listening to today's podcast and would like to help us out, could you please leave a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts? this really helps others to find our podcast we would greatly appreciate it also to get all the latest on upcoming episodes please follow us on social media all of those links will be included in the show notes thank you and have a great day thanks so much for listening